If I surveyed all the good things that come to me from above, if I could count all the blessings from the storehouse of love, I'd simply ask for the favor of Him above mortal men, and I'm sure He would grant it. I want to stroll over heaven with you some glad day For all the troubles and heartaches are banished away Then we'll enjoy the beauty where all things are new I want to stroll over heaven Many places of beauty we long to see here below, but time and treasure has kept us from making plans as you know. But come the morning of the rapture, together we'll stand anew while I stroll over heaven with you. I want to stroll over heaven with you some glad day Where all the troubles and heartaches are vanished away Then we'll enjoy the beauty where all things are new I want to stroll All over heaven with you some glad day Where all the troubles and heartaches are vanished away Then we'll enjoy the beauty where all things are new I want to stroll over heaven with you Francis is going to do our scripture reading since Steve isn't here today. He 
said to him, What is written in the law? The, what is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your, and with all your strength. And with all your mind you will labor as yourself. And he said to him, You're, You have answered rightly. Do this as you will live. But he, wa- but he wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man, when Jesus from... A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among themselves, who stripped him of his clothes, of his clothing, wandering, wandering him, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite went to, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. He, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came when he was where he was. And when he saw him, he had come, he had compassion, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring, the, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him to his own, on his own animal, brought him in, to an inn, and took care of him. All the next day when he departed, he took out two Darien and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, and I come again, and I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him and fell among the thieves? And he said, "Who He who showed mercy on him, then Je- Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Luke ten twenty five through thirty seven. Thank you, Francis. That one was a, a long scripture reading and I apologize for for that. But you did well. Thank you. Amen. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Um, just want to thank all of you for showing up this morning. We're small in number, but I just want to acknowledge your presence this morning. Thank you, Brother Rick, for deputizing. He, he did everything this morning. He was the lead Elder, he was the prayer man, and um, we thank him. Uh, thank you, Brother Terry and Sister Carol. Do you know that these two folks have been married now for 47 years? They look like 47, but they, they've been married for 47 years. 
Thank you for that special music. I want to stroll all over heaven with you guys too. Amen? Amen. And Sister Gabby Gale, thank you for that lovely children's story. Joseph is always one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And his story is always one that uh, appeals to my heart. As you see the providence of God's working in the the life and the hearts of his children. Amen? Amen. And so this morning, I want to talk to you on the topic of Love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. All right. Claire, my little friend in the back. Oh, that's Sylvia. Oh, man. <laughs> I tell you, I'm off to a bad start this morning. <laughs> Sylvia, I'm going to put this away, and I'm going to turn this little guy on here, and I hope some volume there. You want to try that now for me? All right, mic check one, two. Can everybody hear me? Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me as we open God's word. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will be with me now in my mouth and in my speaking. Uh, That you will be in my mind and in my thinking this morning. That the words that I speak today, O God, will be words that will be coming directly from your throne room to the hearts of your people. So I pray that you will grant us now receptive hearts hear your words. And at the end, Lord God, may we all leave this place knowing that we had a new experience with Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I think we can all agree, brothers and sisters, that we are living in unprecedented times. Metal testing times. Times that tries the very souls of men. The hymn writer declares in hymn hymn number 617 that we are living and we are dwelling in a grand and awful time. In an age on ages telling to be living is sublime. The songwriter says, Hark! The waking up of nations, Gog and Magog to the fray. Hark what soundeth. It is creation groaning for its latter days. We are living through a A difficult season in life history today. But I pray that as we go through this season, that God will give us grace for the days ahead. The book of Ecclesiastes gives us many examples of seasons that we will face in life. Times of death, times of birth, weeping and joy. 
In the world you shall have tribulations and trials. But I am thankful that Jesus says that in the world you shall have all of these, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. God is with us, my brothers and sisters, in every season of our lives. And so, when we face the unknown, we can trust that God is in control. Amen? And that He is working out every situation for our good. I like the songwriter. I like this hymn. The hymn number 534. The songwriter says that we have an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows roll. Fastened to the rock, that rock Christ Jesus which cannot move. Grounded, firm and deep in the Savior's love. We have an anchor that keeps the soul. In these trying times, in these metal testing times. I like what Paul does in Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Paul says that, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who judge the living and, and the dead at his appearing, and his kingdom. He says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with long-suffering and teaching. For the time, Paul says, will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will eat for themselves teachers. But I want to focus on verse 2 in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul says that preach the word. He says be ready in season and out of season. Paul tells Timothy that it doesn't matter what season you're in. Preach the word. In other words, time and seasons come. We are going through an epidemic now. There is wildfire on the west. There is hurricane that is looming. There is earthquake in diverse places. There is wars and rumors of wars. And as human beings, we go through these seasons. Mary is going through her seasons. A son that had committed suicide. A brother that has committed suicide. Family member who has lost a leg. Diagnosed with cancer. But God's word is timeless and it is always relevant. 
It has the ability to save, change, heal, and deliver in any season. And so, that's what I'm aiming to do today as we look at our topic for today. Love fulfills the law. And what does that mean? Love fulfills the law, Brother Carl. I contend that the spirit of the law is love. And we will unpack that as we go along. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17 through 18. Jesus declares, Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Jesus says, Till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Amen. I want you to turn your Bibles with me because I don't want you to fall in asleep on me now. So I want you to turn your Bibles with me to the book of Romans. And this was read ably by our brother Rick in our call to worship. Romans chapter 8, if you're there, say amen. Romans chapter 13, sorry. Romans chapter 13. Amen. And we're looking at verses 8 through 10. It says that let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to what? To love one another. For whoever loves others has for what? Fulfill the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandments there may be are summed up in this one commandment. What's that one commandment? What does it say? Love your neighbor as yourself. And verse 10 says that love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the, the law. Now, we are law-abiding people, aren't we? But God, the word of God is saying now that love is the fulfillment of the law. For all the law. No, I want to even strengthen that. Turn with me now to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and we look at verse 14. And when you're there to say amen. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 14. It says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's it. Paul said this love we extend to one another fulfills the requirement of the law. 
All of these commandments hinge on how we treat others. If we love, then we will not murder. If we love, we will not steal. If we love, we will not commit adultery. If we love, we will not bear false witness and covet our neighbor's things. Love fulfills the intent of the law because all things can be summarized and fulfilled by the by love. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm getting through to you because when I decided to put this together, it kind of just blew my mind that love, if I love, then I really don't have to think too much about the law because love fulfills the law. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, If I have not love, I am nothing. Love will never do harm to anyone. Therefore, it meets all the requirements of the law. Jesus puts it this way. Turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 13. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 13, and we look at verse 34 and verse 35. And if you're there, say amen. Amen. Jesus says, a new commandment I give you. What's this new commandment? He says to what? Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this what? Everyone will know that you are my word. If you what? Love one another. Sisters and brothers, love is the motivating factor for serving God and mankind. Love is what will conquer the world in my estimation. Love is an incredible thing. Love is what initiated God's redemption plan for us. Perhaps the, the most well-known verse in the entire Bible says, and we all know it, Repeat with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his, that whosoever. Amen. Because of God's great love for us, God sent Jesus into humanity to rescue mankind from the powers of darkness and bring us into fellowship with him. And so in the same way as believers, we ought to love one another. For love comes from God. And I like how John puts it in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. He says that everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whosoever does not love does not know God. Because what? God is is love. Our love for each other shows that we belong to the truth because God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so, I want us to look at two discourse that Jesus had with two questioning lawyers. I want you to turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 22, 
And we're looking at verse 35 through 40. Matthew chapter 22. I want you to open your Bibles. I don't want you falling asleep on me now. I know the rain is falling. And it usually puts me into that kind of a sleepy mode too. Matthew chapter 22, verse 35 and uh, verse 35 through 40. And I'm going to read in your hearing. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall do what? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall what? Love your neighbor as yourself. The law has two basic components. It has a vertical relationship that we have with God. And the law has a horizontal component, which is our relationship to each other. And this summarizes that. Our love for God and our neighbor. By loving God with everything we are, we fulfill the law because we're looking to him for grace and mercy. This love equips and enables us to love one another in a deep and genuine way. And it shows that we are walking in God's truth. Amen. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The second interaction is the one that Francis read for us so ably. And this is found in Luke chapter 10. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 10 verses 25 through And here is the next lawyer. The first lawyer asks Jesus about the great commandment in the law. No, this lawyer now has a different question for Jesus. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him. The lawyers are always trying to test Jesus. And he says, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? And and so he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with, with all your soul and your strength, with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus turned to him and said, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Then Jesus proceeded to tell the story of the Good Samaritan. And we all know the story. And Francis did a phenomenal job in reading it to us this morning. In the story of the Good Samaritan, Christ illustrates the nature of true religion. He shows that it consists not in systems, brothers and sisters. 
in creeds or rites, but in the performance of loving deeds, in bringing the greatest good to others in genuine goodness. You see, the question Christ answered in the parable of the Good Samaritan, he showed that our neighbor does not mean merely one of the church or faith to which we belong. It has no reference to race, color, or class distinction. Our neighbor is every person who needs our help. Our neighbor is every soul. Our neighbor is everyone who needs our help. Our neighbor is every soul who is wounded and bruised by the adversary. Our neighbor is everyone who is the property of God. Love does not discriminate. Love is colorblind. I contend that the spirit of the law is love. Because love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Amen? It always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there is prophecy, the word of God says that they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And now these three remains, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The reason we are here is because of love. Jesus says that if you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. And we are a commandment-keeping church. Amen? Amen. And so, in conclusion, a group of businessmen were late getting to their plane and were rushing through the airport when they bumped into a blind girl who was selling apples to waiting passengers. The apples rolled all over the floor, but the men did not stop. They got to the gate just in time, but one of the men, a Christian, felt terrible about what, had, what they had done to the young blind girl. He told his friends, hey, you go on ahead. I will catch the next flight because he had to go back and check on the girl. They protested, but he had been so moved by their selfishness that he could not think of leaving, at least offering some help to the young blind girl. When he got back to the terminal, he saw the girl trying desperately to gather the her apples. The young Christian businessman knelt down, told the girl that he was sorry, and that he would help her pick them up. 
When they had picked up all the apples, he took out his wallet and paid for a few of the apples that were bruised. He apologized to the, the little girl again and began to turn away. When she asked a question, he would never forget. Sir, she said, are you Jesus? Probably no one will ask us this question, but it would sure be nice if someone, somewhere, sometime would ask, are you a Christian? It gets no better than that. And that's because when we love, we love like Jesus. Love, brothers and sisters, fulfills the requirement of the law. And there's just two things that comes together here. Our love for God and our love for each other. And how we treat each other. And so this morning, my hope and my prayer is that while we look at the elements of the law, may we realize that love, indeed, is what motivates us to do the content of that which is contained within the law. And so, I ask now that you just bow your heads with me real quick before we enter into our closing song. Let us just bow our heads briefly here. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify each of us today. May you completely make you, fashion you, and mold you into what he desires you to be. Heavenly Father, may, you, may we be the conduits, O God, of your grace, mercy, and love in these last days of earth tumultuous times. Father God, may we be the people when others look on will see that we have been with Jesus. May they say that we reflect the character and the personality of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and soon coming King. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn is the hymn number 457. I love to tell the story.